Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Oh boy, Josh. Oh baby, happy birthday. Almost. To you. When this comes out. It will be my birthday eve. Oh, what a magical night it will be. Rockin' Eve, as I like to call it. That's right. <laughs> Carol's Rockin' Eve. Yep. June 24th. Everybody knows that. Never about forget me. it. Everyone remembers it as the night before Michael Jackson's death. <laughs> Oof. That was a rough one. Hmm. Any other um, birthday memories you have? Nope. Just that <laughs> okay, one. That's it. Yeah. Good. Uh, just the one. Oh, well, that's that segment. That's <laughs> <laughs> Any famous people ever die on your birthday, Josh? No, not famously. Hmm. Silently. <laughs> Infamously, perhaps? Infamously, certainly. Yep. Oh, Michael Jackson. Hmm. That was a tough one. Um, I don't remember offhand what year that was. Do you? No. I feel like it was 2011. Oh, I think it was earlier than that. Really? I think it was, I don't know, 2008, that's I'm going to say. I happen to have all of the world's knowledge at my fingertips right here on my computer, so I'm going to look it up. That's incredible. I know, right? Well, guess what? It was 2009. Ooh. Price is right rules. I win Michael Jackson's corpse. (laughs) I get it. That's mine now. Oh my gosh. It's right up the street. I really didn't expect to be talking about Michael Jackson right now, but this is what happens when you have a birthday like mine. Especially when, and when we have a movie from 1980. A movie like this. Bloody birthday. 1981. 1981. Yes. I am so excited to talk uh, before we do, um, doing well. It's quite hot in Los Angeles. It's a scorcher. Hot in the city tonight. And um, heat getting hotter. It's going to be hotter all week. Yeah. And I, you, you forget. You just forget. I and hate it. Yeah. You forget how terrible it is. Um, and also, and I think this happened last summer too, where like, we just aren't usually in our house. With yeah. very little air conditioning. That's right. Like usually I don't feel the heat of the summer that much. I'm either at an office, on set, in my car, whatever, in a motor home doing my job. Um, yeah, you're on all... your, but you're at least, you're moving around. You're changing yeah. locations enough. Yeah, and it's really just like the the afternoon that is so hot. Um, so that has been annoying today. I smell like the junkyard uh Car, car chase scene in this movie that I can't wait to talk about. <laughs> it's a two shower day. That's what the heat does. I always know when it's like above 90 degrees in Los Angeles, it's like, I'm going to take a shower before bed because it would be 
horrendous not to. Mm. I also checked my climate anxiety index and it's through the roof. <laughs> yeah, that happens more in August for me. I'm oh, not, it's terrible then. Mine is just at the the steady peak right now. It's not quite through the roof. Okay. It's coming um, along there under the surface. Yep. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I'm not think I'm not thinking about that too much um in regards to the heat, but we'll get there. We'll mm. get there around your birthday. Wildfire season. That's right. When we try to go camping and realize we can't. Yes. That happens. See, this is a tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. You go like, oh, I know. It'd be fun to go camping someplace with water. And they're like, oh, there's no there's no water. There's something called a super drought going on. Yeah. Are we in a super drought? Yeah, I Again? guess especially up north, apparently, yeah. Okay. Well. And it's what is it, June? Good start. We kick off the trip. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes. To you. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday to me. Um, and how are you doing, I guess? Uh, <laughs> back to my birthday. Uh, let's see. How am I doing? Yeah, back to your birthday. Let's get back to your birthday. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing great. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Josh. Oh, that's okay. I know. I feel stressed out i did just like officially obviously we've known for a little while now but officially rsvp'd no to my high school reunion oh right (laughs) that is coming up you did you 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 did okay not going yeah not gonna spend uh like six hundred dollars to go to my hometown for like 36 hours yeah to miss fourth of july with my family in yeah. either situation. Like I couldn't go spend it with my family there. And then I would miss it with our family here. It's on July 2nd. I had like a ballroom that's not in my hometown. Oh. But it's all it's all seems a little strange. I also just found out today the guy who owns the place, a big Trumpy guy. So I'm happy to not spend my yeah. ticket money there. But um thirty you know, year reunion, here we come, I guess. Yeah. Fingers crossed for a thirty, if not forty. That's going to surprise a lot of people that I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Me especially. That's right. Um, That's not why I'm stressed out. 30 year, 40 year. God. What do they even do that? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like, is that a thing? (laughs) Who shows up? I don't know. No one knows. There's chatter on my high school reunion Facebook group about ours happening in September. And I, really hope it happens and i really hope i can go i i guess we'll see but you know it's it's just a weird thing because i scroll down on that page and people it's like obituaries you know yeah yeah it's really sad but i hope that i hope it happens um i also wish they would combine years yeah, a friend of ours that. is doing a combined year thing this year. So it's like class of 2000 and 2001, which I would love because my best friend since I was four is in the class of 2001 in yeah. my school. And that'd be really fun. Yeah. To go, you know, and I don't know that he'd go either, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a more fun thing to get a larger group of people together. And it's more people might be like, hey, I know that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a life thing you, you should do. 
if you can, but it also making the choice not to is very grown up. That's right. So you've come a long way, Josh. Oh, I would have a hundred percent done this earlier in life would have just been like fly back to then fly right. back to fly back. Cause we were doing, we're going to the East coast like a couple days after that. Oh so my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. And we're also headed on vacation, which is why there won't be a question of the week this week. This True. is going to, we we're kind of pre-recording this bad Larry, but we're going to Hawaii with my family. Yes. And, uh, woo and boo and woo and boo come in. Mm-hmm. Cousin Henry in first, the house. First plane ride of the pandemic. That's right. Not not for you, actually. You've been you've been out Done and about. You'd been jet you've been jet setting. But uh not really, but you have. But uh, yeah, I haven't been on a plane since uh we went to Seattle in two thousand nineteen for Thanksgiving. That's the last time I was on a plane. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's wild. I'm Yeah. I, that part doesn't isn't making me anxious but like the rest of it is and so yeah i mean it's just it's just a wild thing to like pack a suitcase especially after you've like a lifetime of that being so commonplace us having family on the east coast Mm -hmm. and just going back all the time and just like packing for long trips but like it's yeah i don't know i'm it's it's exciting people are like oh you're, you're excited it's like i am excited but it's also kind of it's just like beyond comprehension right now to be in a in a different place yep yeah it is i'll kind of believe it when i see it that's sort of where my brain has gone with it that's where it's let my anxieties go it's just like yeah just get there yes because we have to take covid tests to get there and it has to be within a 72 hour window and you have to have a negative result to get on the plane and it's stressing me out. You really have to have a negative result to get off the plane. Well. Or even then it's a quarantine thing. It's a weird thing. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. And it is where my all my anxieties are being focused oh, yeah. right now. And oh, I wish the people in Hawaii would just, just go get vaccinated. Go get that second shot because they are at 55% vaccinated, projected to be at 61 but that hasn't happened yet like second doses you know Mm -hmm. it's like yeah they gotta hit the they gotta officially get those those second doses in and once they hit 60 percent vaccinated all of the safe travel program stuff of like getting tested or quarantining or whatever will go away and i'm just i haven't felt that yet by saturday like this whole time of you know people in America not getting vaccinated it's annoying and 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 awful and so american <laughs> but it's 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 so predictable that it hasn't bothered me it hasn't affected me at all right you know cuz it's like california we're we're doing we're doing great um so it's it's more of like a general like in a way that so many things in america are just so deeply frustrating that you kind of can't you can't really process it in a, in a in this like larger scale but this is a very this is a funny thing where i'm like oh 
come on, people. Like, yeah, it's such just... a very specific result. I It makes me feel for everybody who had to have like a business closed and was just waiting to like be put in a different tier yes. or whatever else. It's just like, okay, I get you. I feel that. I mean, and this is just for our vacation. It's not. No, it's not like, no, but... I'm not saying it's like, it's not important in the grand scheme of things, but it's, I haven't. I haven't but I want felt, it. I haven't felt like, you know, like I'm rooting for something because so much, so much of it feels so completely out of your control, and this is too. But it, it's like so close. You're very horse racy to watch yes. this thing. Like, yes. come on, get there. Yeah, it is kind of like watching poles close or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How um, I how are you feeling about the flight with with Woo and Boo on a trans-pacific i'm excited for that very excited i love traveling with the kids so a friend of ours recently was asking about trips that you can do with really young kids like they have a one-year-old and i was thinking back about how much travel we did with woo when he was that age and even with boo and it's not like you know we were not going overseas or anything but we definitely traveled a lot and how enjoyable it it all was even though it's completely different and and like obviously a big shock when you're first traveling with kids because your entire life is different but they were always great little travelers and we still managed to have a ton of fun like going to Alaska and you know we did mm-hmm. a lot of the Alaskan railroad and like even just like a long weekend to Pismo uh, we took the train up there and um even our trips to New York so fun yeah with the kids I mean that was stressful for sure and I wouldn't recommend that now no but I you know I love traveling with the kids and I know they're gonna have a great time um but I do think about little things like the fact that Boo will nap, but he sucks his thumb and he'll have a mask on. And I'm like, how's that going to work? But it's not like I'm stressed out about it. Right. Are you nervous about that flight? No, I'm pretty excited about it. I think you do great. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Got a lot of books loaded up on the Kindle Got a, or a queue coming in from the library barn, a lot of library books. Yes. And going to get some shows and stuff on there. Some games, they're gonna party. They're gonna have oh, they'll be so six happy. hours of screen time. It's gonna be incredible. <laughs> yes, I always say this whenever like tips for traveling with kids comes up. To me, the best thing you can do for your child is teach them how to be a good airline traveler, which is you eat snacks, keep yourself hydrated, and you watch things. Or read things. But either way, this is time for you to zone out. You're either going to be reading a book or you're going to be watching a thing. And it's time in the air that is zone out time. Yep. You're just trying to get there. Yeah. You're not. Can't do anything else. Yeah. You're not trying to like talk to everybody, although that's fine, but that's not. Nobody, nobody wants to talk to you. Just I don't want to talk to fucking anybody. I didn't before COVID, and I certainly don't now. Exactly. I don't want to hear your story. I don't want to know where you're from. No. I don't want your germs. And yeah, that's it. 
I can really recall so immediately the only times it's ever been joyful to talk to a stranger on a plane. I, it's never happened to me. that has oh. been joyful. Oh. I don't think. I met a man named Dick Wingate once. On now we're talking. <laughs> I did. His name was Dick Wingate. And he, uh, he, he works with musicians and, um, he was just fascinating. He told me a lot of crazy stories and, um, I like kept his business card because his name was Dick Wingate. Should we call him? <laughs> yeah. Let's call him right it's now. Mummy and Daddy's Totally awesome. Where are they now? Dick Wingate edition. <laughs> oh my God. You want to share a Dick Wingate story? I thought you were going to say his phone number. share his phone, phone number? number. <laughs> so I have that card. Carol keeps it in her wallet. No, I want to talk about Bloody Birthday. <gasps> Let's talk about Bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday. So do you remember who recommended this movie to us? Birthday, Bloody Birthday. I'm still going. Okay. No. You don't? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, it was it was a friend of ours. I feel like it was Eric Goslin. What? Or Tim Hodgen. Oh, those are both possible. But either way, I didn't know about this movie. It was definitely recommended to us, and I'm so thankful that they did because it was fun to watch. It was. And if it was Eric Goslin, we'll plug his podcast. You can go listen to Kill Streak podcast, also a horror movie podcast that we were also guests on once upon a time. Yes, and they won't be doing Bloody Birthday because, as far as I know, there are no sequels to this movie. They could have one every year. It's a real missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, although I'm always glad for a solid standalone film agreed so sorry eric but thank you for recommending this if it was in fact you um if it wasn't you boy if i got a movie for you you should watch (laughs) bloody birthday it's on tubi oh my gosh let's talk about it written and directed by ed hunt yeah ed hunt let's not forget barry pearson had a little hand in that screenplay barry pearson my man Let's recap this movie, shall we? Oh, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, do it. Well, it's that time of the show, friends, where we go to the Internet Movie Database, Mm. and there we find synopsis that uh, are lackluster at best, but that's what we do here, and we'll never stop doing it. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Your friend and mine, Ed Sutton, at mindspring.com, Wrote this lovely twist of phrase and fancy. Ed's supporting Ed's. <laughs> yeah. He only, he only watches and summarizes movies made by Ed's. That's right. Mm-hmm. So here we go. In 1970, three children are born at the height of a total eclipse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Due to the sun... And the moon blocking Saturn, which controls emotions, they have become heartless killers 10 years later and are able to escape detection because of their youthful and innocent facades. A boy and his teenage sister become endangered when they stumble onto the bloody truth. Ooh. Nice so that's on like, Edward. that's pretty, that's pretty right on. I think so. Yeah. Um, Right, so we watched this on the, their birthday. 
We watched it yes. on June 9th and it oh was completely random. We had plans with friends to Zoom that night and mm-hmm. they they canceled and we were like, well, let's watch our movie. And it was June 9th. It's the, it's the bloody birthday. Completely random. Like, that's crazy. A movie we didn't know anything about other than there would be a birthday involved. Other than there would be a birthday involved. And it was just... To see that number pop up, it was very eerie. And especially a movie that's all about astrology and yes, stuff like that. It's it all really, that I want to believe, you know, I want to believe. Um, so this was fun. This was a fun movie. The These kids, everything happens in a week. It's leading up to their birthday. Their birthday happens and then like shortly thereafter. And I personally would have liked to have more of a reason like why they start killing then Mm. yeah 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 why that year yeah like is the eclipse happening again is something about it being 10 years from you know like Mm -hmm. or even just yeah even something with their star charts like that could be a fun way they figured it out figured out that it was them or it's like oh no this has happened before Right. So the the teenage sister, her name is Joyce in the film and her little brother, Timmy. So they're kind of discovering things. Timmy's the same age as the three kids who are Debbie, Timmy and Curtis. Debbie, Timmy and Curtis. So. He, so. No, I'm sorry. Wait, I just said Timmy. Oh, God. Hmm? Debbie, Curtis and Andy are the three evil kids. Debbie. Curtis, Curtis and, Andy. and Andy. Andy's the blonde kid. Oh. And Curtis is the real badass. With the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Timmy and Joyce are the brother and sister. So that's kind of sorry everybody, but we all kind of had to there's a lot of little kids with oh, shit going little, on, little kids names like Timmy. Um okay, so they're kind of discovering it as you know, they're kind of like uncovering this who's killing all these people. And Joyce, this older sister, is really into astrology. And she does kind of, she figures out that that eclipse happened and it was blocking Saturn and whatever. And she's always working on her Star Trek. She has this like amazing, yes. like sculpture that moves. I where... love those things. Do you have a science teacher with one of those in school? Nah. I can't remember who had it. I went to Catholic it. school. But it's a, you know, just a model of the solar system. And so it can show the... Uh, it shows the orbits of the planets around yes. the sun. It's really cool. So yeah, like it moves them, you know, like a clock. So it would move them all in theory, mm-hmm. like to then show, yeah, like ha- when and how would these align. Right. So there's that. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but, but she, you know, there's no other reason and that's fine too, because you're not thinking about that too much because the body count in this movie <laughs> Are you talking about the wild 70s boobs? Um, oh, the, the that, body that count. actual body count. Yes. Well, anytime you're going to anytime you're getting naked on screen, you're going to die. You know that. That's certain. So it oh, kind yeah. of aligns. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of great. So the movie opens, um, you know, well, after after these babies are born it cuts to 10 years later and it's these two teenagers making out in a graveyard like against a headstone oh yeah they took the graveyard make out to a whole new level it was great and 
And that scene was really B-movie. And I was very worried about what we were getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. But then the boy's like, oh, look, there's an open grave. Like, let's go down there. Because she's like, somebody's going to see us. And he's like, let's go into this open grave. And the die, the die real, right, real right bad, there. right there in the grave. And um, like the kid, the guy, the, the boy gets hit by a shovel and the girl gets strangled with this rope. Right. And we find it, out it's a jump rope. We find out it's a jump rope and the handle falls in. So this is like the only clue. And I was like, this is awesome. What a great way to open this yeah. movie. Well, like, and then the next thing is we see Timmy come in through the kitchen window yes. and lie about where he was. And there's a cast. knife on the counter. That's right. Very, you definitely, you, you know, you think that Joyce studying her Star Trek is definitely going to um, get hers right then. But no. It's just Timmy and Joyce, and that kind of sets the tone. So, even though it's kind of the last <laughs> twist in the movie, um, that right that that we we find out pretty quickly that it's these three Eclipse kids murdering people. That it's not really yeah like, yeah that's true. That's it's true. not that kind of movie. But then, right after that, well, they're they're like in class together, Timmy and the three evil kids Mm -hmm. and um they want to like get they they, like lobby to get the day after their birthday party off or like no homework or something and the the teacher says no so she's just like signed her own yeah death certificate there but um shortly thereafter little debbie this blonde girl in like I mean, yeah, they're 10 years old and they really do look pretty young. Like maybe they were a little bit older than that, but they look pretty young. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. They seem the age. And she's just in this like adorable little kind of like cheerleader skirt and her hair is just brushed out. And Mm -hmm. it's just, she's just this classic little white girl. Yeah. Well, American girl doll. Yeah. And her father is the sheriff in the town and he has a very elaborate but very homemade security system. Yeah, if this was like, what all security home security systems were in 1980, please let us know because uh, <laughs> that looked, she looked wild to me. It was like, yeah, it seemed like it was from a prison. Yeah, <laughs> like it's this electrical yeah. box. It felt very, very and like operated with a key. Yeah, very first like early adopters of the mm-hmm. security system. CB but it, radio scene of home security systems yeah but it all played in throughout the movie so well um with like him locking up his gun and then like the bulletproof bulletproof glass and his windows like it all worked very very well as the movie went on but anyway she calls her dad she's like daddy come out inside and play with me she's like skipping rope right and she had played they the kids had placed the skateboard on the stairs and he doesn't step on it i love that he doesn't step on it and then he comes over to the the girl and he and she like throws her her jump rope at his feet and he sees that one of the handles missing and he's like what where did like what happened like where is the handle to this like thinking how is my daughter involved in this murder where did you find this where'd you find it maybe whatever we'll never know because Curtis and Andy come up behind the poor guy and bash his brains in with a baseball in bat. In broad daylight. Broad daylight in the backyard. Debbie's just watching with a smile. And at that point, you're just like, oh, 
Oh. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. It's just, that was a, that was like when I sat up a little straighter, like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening, bloody birthday. The one cop in town is dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just got so absurd from there in a great way. Like, there, yeah, there's this like, there's a whole thing at the junkyard where you think Timmy's going to die in a refrigerator. They like lock him in a, an old fridge, gets out, mm-hmm. and then um, promises his sister Joyce, the astrologer, that he's not going to go back to the junkyard. And the kids like basically try to make it look like he did go back they there. They leave a note on the door to say, yeah. I'm in the junkyard. And she's like, oh, he broke his promise. But she goes looking for him and they like... <laughs> like hot wire a car and her full on like press one kid's pressing the pedals and one steering and like chase her around the junkyard it's like terrifying and And then like put a brick on there and bail yeah it's cool that they 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 painted that curtis is sort of this like electrical whiz you know like he does some build some weird science kit thing that his dad's really impressed with and then so yeah he's able to hot wire a car yeah it's unbelievable you know whatever bypass the security system (laughs) <laughs> all this stuff so super genius yes Curtis. and they just they just keep killing people um there's like a, a peep show situation happening with debbie's older sister beverly that's right and beverly. she's charging the lady in red she's charging 25 cents a pop for kids in the neighborhood to watch her sister get changed and her sister dances every time she gets changed. Well, so, that's like, just what women do. We just dance every time we get changed. Yeah. We look at ourselves in the mirror and just like dance and like, yeah, like just put on a show. Yeah, basically. Why, I mean, a show for yourself. Yes. <laughs> Who's a more important audience than you? Exactly. What's wild to me, I just had to look this up. This came out the same year as the most famous peephole movie of all time, Porky's. It makes me wonder if that was if that was what made this movie get a release date or something. It was like Porky's. That's got peepholes in it. Let's put out this this movie. Well, I'm going to leave it to you to investigate. That. We'll never know. Um, <laughs> case closed. Yep. Well, anyway, Beverly unfortunately meets her fate through that very peephole with a with an arrow to the, the eye. eye i mean it's just it's just wonderful it's like really insane shit and these kids like keep not getting caught because no you know nobody thinks it's these little kids and like timmy starts to suspect it's you know it's um it's cool and and the ending is really satisfying uh-huh. It's like they they like lure Joyce over to babysit, and they're trying to get both of them. Yes. And Timmy like <laughs> beats the shit out of Curtis, and it's very satisfying. Yeah. Satisfying when they siblings all... working together. Yeah, make it happen. And this is all shot in fabulous in the Jewel City of Glendale, California, in yes. our own backyard. I mean, North yes. Glendale, but pretty did, cool. Did you notice that they? Like they never show the palm trees, but they had like attached fake branches to the palm trees. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. No. Like they never show the top of them, but I, you can tell that they're palm trees, but they had like put basically like fur, like fur sprigs. Oh my on gosh. Them. Yeah. So, so silly. I've never seen that <laughs> in a That's movie. That's amazing. Like, I want to like rewatch it just to look out for trees in yeah. the background. 
yeah. don't know if that's like a thing that people used to do, but they certainly don't do it now. They just try not to show palm trees. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of fun stuff in this movie. A lot of fun kills, and a, a pretty satisfying ending because Debbie gets away. Her that's mom. Right. Her mom takes her away, but Debbie doesn't stop killing. And like the movie ends with like another just she she can't help herself. She's just yeah. a child of the total eclipse. She has to kill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's it was. It was a very that was a very satisfying ending. It felt plausible in that way. And it was just like Yeah, it was really cool. Do you do you think this is a movie that made me think, um, because we talk a lot about gun safety on mm-hmm. the show. Uh, it made me think, like, should we start rating gun safety in movies? Should it just be a right. quick hit segment where it's just like, how was the gun safety in this movie? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of guns in horror, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's a weapon. They can kill people. It so, is. It's not. It's not. I am always kind of shocked that it is in as many movies as it is like Mm -hmm. anytime it's actually a gun because i'm like that's not scary typically for the kind of horror that i you know like yeah the knife is way more scary or just well i mean they're often it could be protection or it could be the weapon you know Mm -hmm. it has that dual purpose and it's a threat it's going to set tensions a little bit higher if you know one's around but like yeah this one where it's just like police gun in tall cabinet and I'm not sure that it was connected to the alarm system. I think it was, it was just like the in a same cabinet. key to lock the cupboard that was like this oh. weird key to turn on the. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was very easy to get into <laughs> just because it's six feet off the ground. That's not really helping much. It's like in a normal wooden cabinet. No, and like kind the of, attempt and still was still in his belt in like his holster belt, the big gigantic cop belt which isn't gonna like fold nicely into anything you'd run the risk every single time you put that thing away of it just tumbling right out oh my god exactly that that's that's just yeah yeah i mean it's um it's it's not helping their rating i don't know what our our rating system will be but it's 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 pretty low pretty low this guy's not doing well i will share i will share some stuff in our show notes about current um gun safety storage stuff because there's a lot you can do in your area if you're so inclined to get legislation happening about safe storage and it's really like it really does start at such a small level like just getting it basically on the agenda at your local city council meeting, which is what I'm working on for Glendale, where this movie was shot. Because wow. Los Angeles has safe, safe storage um, laws now, but Glendale does not. Unbelievable. And so, anyway, that's 41 something. years too late for all these fools, unfortunately. Oh boy, yeah. Curtis, to the day. Curtis is an expert marksman, turns out. So once he steals that gun... It's all over for and the perf- city of Meadowvale, California. <laughs> yes. Meadowvale. That's like a very funny Glendale riff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I never yeah. thought, of, never. Yeah. Not all week have I thought about how it's been like, oh, Glendale, Meadowvale. Sure. It's Meadowvale now. Sure. Yeah. I hope I hope you guys have seen this movie. I hope you it's guys- It's on Tubi. T-U-B-I. If you don't know about that streaming service, it's had a bunch of especially 
kind of B movies on it. Not a lot of top tier stuff going on there, but it's just ad supported and free. So it's always a good place to check. It'll pop up when you when you Google where is stuff streaming. Um, yeah, it's very very free. Yeah, so go watch it. Um, made the mistake of recommending it to your little brother who uh, graduating high school like this week. This week, which is bananas. Congratulations, congratulations, Uncle Caleb. Uncle Caleb. I made the mistake of recommending that. They watch that your family watches this movie and forgetting yeah. how much totally crazy 80s nudity there is and how this uh, is 70s nudity. 70s, in this movie. 70s. Okay. Movie might have come out in the 80s. This is 70s nudity. It is there is like nudity in a custom van. There's nudity in a graveyard. There's a yeah. lot of there's yeah. a variety of boobs in it. There's there, yep. Uh, well, not that much of a variety. They're all white boobs variety of areola in it okay that's about it and so there's just different humans boobs is what yeah you're absolutely there you go so it's just not the same person not the same boobs getting around. naked yeah yeah like those other movies and they're also do. like extended and the, and the music the the score would always turn romantic which was always interesting to me it has very like soft core vibes to yeah but it's not it. it's not like so crazy it's just no it's horror movie nudity yeah but, but like each one though is like too, a scene they it, are extended it's scenes. too long and yeah. it would be horribly awkward for a teenager to watch with his parents so mm-hmm. i hope you guys watched it we do have some parenting stuff to talk about oh, things boy, that do we. things that we want to talk about with you why you came here for parenting chat um the first very first thing that you gotta you got to ask yourself when you're watching mm. Bloody Birthday is, where, where are, are the parents? parents? Oh, my God. Cr- An oldie but a goodie, this segment. Yeah. You see Curtis's parents. You see Andy's parents like at the birthday party. Yep. And they're like, you know, apparently like higher ups in the community. So there's a lot of like, don't mess with my kid kind of thing. Yeah. But a lot of older parents. R.I.P. Debbie's dad. He's already she's already offed him. Right. And the mom, like basically after her other, after Debbie kills her other daughter, um, has to go into like a psychiatric hospital for a bit. <laughs> um, so we know where Debbie's parents are throughout the entire film. But in general, what is happening? Yeah. And also, I just want to know if these kids have ever exhibited psychopathic signs before. I really wish there had been like a lightning strike of like why this is all now. Right. Yeah, the but even well even that scene with Curtis's dad and him doing his like science kit light experiments. Yeah. Like how did you do that? But he's like he's baffled by it. It's like, well, I clear well, clearly wasn't me because I'm not around. So <laughs> how'd you learn to do this stuff? Yeah. And then with Joyce and Timmy's parents, they're like off on some extended vacation. Yes. And so we never like what is insane to me is that th- they don't tell the parents because they're like, well, dad is old. His heart can't handle it. He can't, you know, because they have a big age gap between Timmy and Joyce. Right. And so I think he's an older dad. We see him at the very, very end. Yeah. But um, the fact that they would go away and in the amount of time they were away, not only they somehow managed to never hear about the sheriff being murdered 
they go to like three funerals in this, like they're turning these bodies around, getting them in the ground, having these last rites. Everyone's getting dressed up. You got, uh, what's, what's our blonde girl? Debbie. Debbie. You got Debbie in her killer black cross dress, but like, Every, the, Timmy manages to get in a suit even for the like they're yeah. anyway the whole thing happened so fast you would still think a neighbor somebody would have placed a call mm-hmm. to them and been like you all need to come back here it is not safe <laughs> right there's a curfew people are dropping like flies here you, you know right. it is it is crazy they wouldn't have read about it in a newspaper or wherever they are so yeah. anyway yeah deeply unbelievable and also that the dad is ba- you hear him on the phone talking to Joyce and he's basically talk boy. It was like, it was very like, hi kids, we're home early. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's just like, Joyce, have you, um, not sorry, we can talk to Timmy. It was just very, it sounded just like, it was clearly like some other actor or something. They just yeah. had to uh, pitch shift his voice down. Yeah. Um, it was a, it's very, very wild. Almost borderline Stephen King vibes, though, in the town because mm-hmm. of it. It yes. did really feel like these kids are on their own. Yeah. like No I, adults to turn to. I feel like this movie would not be made now in the same way, obviously, because like kids just aren't. It's like kids are just so innocent. It's like, no, you 100% just suspect a kid. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, um, that was being creepy and whatever oh yeah we're but, all taught to look out for the signs of like yes it's like there's too children. much there's too much awareness so i'm just sad that there were a few missed opportunities to make it like just a little bit more complicated and like the the story a little bit more fleshed out because it is so it's so fun but the parenting things in the absence of actual parents in this movie well, first, let's start with that junkyard scene, Josh. Oh, yeah, let's do it. We got to talk refrigerator safety. You all probably remember the episode of Punky Brewster where Sherry gets stuck in an old-timey refrigerator mm. while playing hide-and-seek. Mm-hmm. So, sidebar on that one real quick. That episode, Mental Floss did an oral history of it. So, we'll share that in the show notes. No spoilers other than the fact that it was it spawned from a contest a viewer contest really? where they asked kids to submit ideas for shows like what do you want to see punky tackle next and it wasn't refrigerator safety but it was cpr mm. yeah why why is that such a thing and what's going on here in 1956 there was legislation passed that made a refrigerator manufactured after 1958 be required to be openable from the inside. It couldn't just latch on the outside. But the problem is you had all these old appliances that, especially in low income areas would just end up out on the streets would just end up, um, you know, like in alleyways, no one's picking up. They're underserved in that way. And it's exactly that situation. Kids playing hide and seek. is like a crisis. But now, ever since 1958, though, that would be considered a modern refrigerator. If it, like a standard kitchen refrigerator has a magnetic closure, and so you can open it from the inside. But mm-hmm. there's still all these old, heavyweight, gigantic things. And of course, they're airtight, so kids can suffocate and die. But there still are things <sighs> that 
can kill kids. This is not like a problem that's gone away. There's a lot of like local and state legislation that requires if you dispose of a refrigerator, you have to take the door off of it so that this can't happen. But like I've found articles as recently as 2019 talking about why you should child proof household appliances, especially if they're not in use or, Mm. you know, or you're disposing of them. Like a story in Tallahassee of three kids who climbed inside a chest freezer and suffocated. My God. Yeah. So it's like, it is oh, for that's real so tragic. Ugh. a thing. Um, also shout out to frigidfreezersite.com who has an article just titled How a Refrigerator Can Kill You. Yeah, it is pretty, it's, it's pretty fucking nuts. I, I, I am, I was surprised to hear that it still is like a prevalent and often, studied issue and that like yeah that you know because you still have these industrial machines or just old refrigerators and appliances that are still out and about or then things like chest freezers that it doesn't matter that's a magnetic closure because still a heavy lid that closes downward that this can still be a, a prevalent problem so timmy getting out of this with nothing but the help of his light up pez weird and yeah, it was like a little flashlight Pez. Yeah, never seen that before. Please, listeners, yeah. let us know if you have one. Love to see it in action. It might have just been a flashlight, but it really looked like a Pez. I'm pretty sure it was a Pez. Yeah. He took a little head off of it, had yeah. a bare bulb under there, and then just like a shard of metal from inside and got that latch open, oh which is God. pretty cool. Yeah, but especially you could imagine if you're playing in a junkyard in the 80s, there must have been full of these things. Yeah. And that was the premise of the Punky Brewster episode, too, was that her her keeper, what was his name? Punky. Punky. That guy. Yeah. Brandon was the dog? I don't remember any Brandon's. Names. Punky. And whatever he, his name was, he was like Winston or something. Mm. Anyway, he uh, was getting rid of his his ancient refrigerator. And so he just brought it down the stairs and they put it out back or whatever. And that's where Sherry almost met her demise. Never forget it. Anyway, that came out only five years after bloody birthday. Um, So yes, do childproof your appliances. Look out for anything that has a risk of, of trapping Henry. God, Henry, Henry. I was, yeah. Hungry. I do feel like I know, but I didn't. So I looked it up. Well, that is bananas. And part of that is the thing that we all struggle with as parents, I think, is just teaching your kid not to be a fucking idiot. Yeah. And yeah. I know accidents happen and like I'm not trying to shame anybody's parents at all, ever, except for that one time. But there's so many things that can happen. Like I mean, it's just like crossing the street safety. It's like you just got to teach your kids to watch out because mm-hmm. death is just... It's around every corner. And in every refrigerator. You better believe it. Entrapment hazards abound. God. Oh, it's just terrifying. Like, it makes you want to hold them close tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, I have, I have um, irrational fears about accidents for sure. Mm, yeah. Um, just like things falling and yeah, you know, it's just so quick. Things can happen so quick. And Timmy almost lost his his own life in that refrigerator. And you 
comes out of it and like like kind of stronger than ever <laughs> comes out of it and like is so relieved but also like well anyway <laughs> yeah some people have said it's character building for him and then maybe you should lock again <laughs> yeah. maybe curtis is really foisted by his own petard with that meme. <laughs> oh my god curtis he was really special he's like a serious psychopath and they just like delighted in it they mm-hmm. really delighted in these murders it it, it made it fun to watch because there was no squeamishness about it from anybody they were all just like we're children of saturn we're gonna well, they didn't even say something they don't say anything like that they say very little and it just works yeah they're just out to kill and they're really out to kill everyone yeah. it really is just like you cross us you're dead yeah you they they're yeah. smart about it like they don't want to get caught she almost pushes timmy off of this treehouse onto like a a, a pipe that's just coming out of the ground or yeah. so the spire and and he narrowly avoids it. He's really skirting death this whole time. I'd like to see Indeed. Yeah. I'd like to see his chart. And that brings me to the thing oh. I want to talk about, which I was delighted to see a movie about centering around astrology. Oh, friends, there's really never been a, a better time in human history to be into astrology because There are apps, there are Instagrams, there are meme accounts, there are just things like growing up, astrology was literally the two lines in the newspaper. And I never gave it a second thought ever. No. Like never cared. It seemed ridiculous. Oh, just so ridiculous. And I will say, it still seems ridiculous to me, but I really like it. I really have gotten quite fascinated by the whole thing, especially during the pandemic, had more time to kind of just dabble. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there are a lot of funny things on the internet right now about about astrology. If you like comedy, you got to head to the internet. Yes. (laughs) And so I'm not saying that I believe in it. In fact, I really enjoy being critical of it as well. Mm, But I do- Yeah, like, you know, I'll listen to anything that's just like about how it's not true, you know? Right, right. Uh, and I, I'm open to that, but I, it doesn't stop me. It's almost like I kind of equate it to like my love of like fantasy and mm-hmm. also like personality test kind of stuff where you're like, oh, that's interesting. It's very, very complicated. Like you don't have to believe in the whole, all of it of like a star chart. But if you take what it's trying to say to you of all these like, you know, 11th house of Libra, et cetera, and like seeing what it's supposed to say about you Mm -hmm. and like reflecting on it, right? even if you disagree with it, I think it's just like an interesting exercise, which brings me to Luminary Parenting, which is an Instagram account. I will link to it. I will repost it on the Mummy and Daddy Instagram discovered this during quarantine it is so fun it is an account that basically this woman tara vogel posts like a handwritten thing each day of what the moon is doing in the sky and some parenting tips based on that and it is i have no idea about what the moon's doing and the planets i'm not that deep in but it's just kind of like a like, okay, um, today, I'll just read today's. 
The moon is in Leo all day. The moon of the day determines our mood of the day. So the mood will be fun, youthful, bossy, and maybe a little righteous, but in a playful way. But Saturn and Uranus square off in the sky, which brings collective tension between the old and the new. Innovation versus the way it's always been. We can feel pushed, challenged, and frustrated by something. And if you are scrolling through the beginning of the day or something, and you're like, a lot of times she'll say something where you're like, okay, maybe that's going to happen today with the kids, just to kind of like reflect for a minute. It's, it is kind of more like a meditation thing. Right. And even if it is confirmation bias to some, to a gigantic right. degree, it still is like, well, yeah, if this happens, then you're preparing for it less than like, I think the way a lot of people think of astrology, really letting it lead you around by the nose. And that's how you end up buying into it where it's like oh well they say i'm supposed to be this way so therefore that's how i'll act versus like this which is just like yeah this look your kids might do something whatever right. it's not predicting the future just saying this right. happens it's like a framework yeah of thinking about it and like i see it as no more ridiculous than like any major religion honestly <laughs> like it's all kind of insane but if you can like get some meaning from it or like kind of choose your own adventure there you know um, you can pick apart astrology very easily. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel that same way about religion mm -hmm. and some philosophies. So I, and right, I get you're going to start playing like kind of gotcha with that stuff that it, it's right. kind of like a pointless argument or if it's like, well, yeah, I can't explain to you how this works for me if you're not even going to be open to it. Right. It's like, but I totally get that people aren't into it. I'm like, oh, I, I totally understand. But if you are into it, I do recommend like so Luminary Parenting is a great account, but there are a couple apps that are very fun that if you're at all interested in astrology, you already know about CoStar. Lots of people on the CoStar app. It's fun to find friends. The format is very aesthetically pleasing and really focuses on those kind of frameworky things. Another great app is called The Pattern. It's a very fun kind of prompty thing where it'll send you prompts of like questions to ask yourself during the day. And it's, I'm not a person who gets notifications, like especially banner notifications, uh -huh. but I've left the pattern ones on my phone because it's, it's pretty insightful. And I have to say, it does like ring true for me. You know, I draw the line <laughs> as I please. And, <laughs> um, it can be you might need that that line might be drawn for you uh, more more quickly and boldly with some of the stuff but it is i find it fun and entertaining um the other thing about astrology so with this movie the whole basis is there's this eclipse and it's blocking saturn which is said she says like controls your emotions yeah. and i was like is that true you know, like, is that, mm -hmm. is that the thinking? Okay, true. Let's not say true. Is that, is that, is that actually what is the modern thinking about what's, what Saturn is up to in the sky? So Josh, I have convinced Josh to be part of the co-star community, even though I know he doesn't um, look at it, look at it ever, but I'm at, on there. Follow me. Yeah. You're, you're at Swamp Thang. That's right. Yeah. Come find me. Yep. And I'm, uh, I'm Carol Me Mine on there. And um, I've even made accounts 
for the kids on this, actually. Oh, my God. I was going to ask you that. That was going to be my interview with the vampire question, as if you would. But you already did. I did. Yeah, they're they're on there. So it's kind of fun to see, like, what what they're up to. Because if you sign in every day, they'll tell you, like, kind of what your friends are, if if they're doing kind of the same if their their planets or whatever is doing the same thing, I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty because I know yeah. some people really hate this stuff, and I, I I do get it. But um, anyway, Saturn. So Saturn, for both of us, Josh, mm-hmm. our Saturn is in Libra. So this is what they say about Saturn and Libra. The other social planet, Saturn, rules responsibility, restrictions, limits boundaries, Uh fears, and self-discipline. Saturn is in Libra. So their Saturn is in Libra. They're referring to you here. I'm looking at your chart, but this also, my mind has the same description. Their Saturn is in Libra, meaning they struggle with indecisiveness, passive aggressiveness, and trying to make too many people happy. And it also says uh, it's in their 10th house, meaning they've had difficulty with goals, success, and responsibility. So I I'm, I just wonder, like, okay, so, like, the this eclipse when they were born is, like, blocking Saturn. Maybe that means something else. But I I thought that was interesting of, like, oh, it, it rules limits and boundaries and fears and self-discipline. Like, oh, that sounds right. When it's, like, it could be different for whatever planet. You know, I mean, for which whatever, whatever sign, sign it's in, and um, the house part of it, and it's all. I I still try to wrap my head around all that stuff. I feel like I have a pretty tertiary. Yeah, I don't understand understand. most of what you said, honestly. I so yeah, like it's saying like I. Well, each planet mm -hmm. rules, you know, certain areas of your life. Okay. And. But then, what does that mean? Okay, so Saturn does that, but then what does that mean for like right now or like today or? Oh, today? Then you would just like go to your your daily thing. And then the idea is like, okay, well, based on where Saturn is in the sky, mm-hmm. in the night sky, mm-hmm. that right is going to determine how I'm doing with those that particular set of things that Saturn rules. Rules. Yeah, but the Saturn how- rules. The house thing, I still don't really get. So if anybody wants to school me on that, I, you know, I kind of just, I do dabble and mm-hmm. I don't do much more than that. It's, it's a fun thing. I feel like if I got deeper into it, I would, I would talk myself out of it, but I do really enjoy bringing it back to kids. I really enjoy thinking about the kids and their signs and not just their sun signs, which Woo is an Aries, and Boo is a Sagittarius. But I really like thinking about their rising signs and their moon signs, which I do know about, and how it all kind of interacts with ours, because I know yours and mine pretty well. Like, I think about it. Right. And it helps me understand them, and it helps me deal with their reactions to things. Example. Woo being an Aries. One of my best friends is an Aries, and so is my mom. So I feel like a lot of things that all three of like them share, especially in relation to their anger mm, and like yeah. general rage at the world. That's I, something in and of itself. It it's 
it's funny, right? Like a lot of this stuff is just funny. If you're willing to like draw the lines of comparison, it's like, oh, ha ha, like right. Josh is a Leo. Wow, you really are like a performing. I love my hair, <laughs> my mane. You know, some of the stuff like really tracks and you're like, ha ha, that's interesting. And you kind of like shed the rest. But <laughs> it's funny to me how Wu being an Aries, I can kind of like see those similarities. But his rising sign is cancer, which is my sun sign. And that is all about you spend a lot of time in like the emotional realm. It's like the crab. You're at the bottom of these mm. waters. It's like all feeling. It can be super moody. And so Wu has like a very strong, he has very strong reactions to things and is almost always sounds very angry. Yeah. But he's he, happy. He's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost every time we've surprised him with anything or on his birthday or like Christmas, he'll walk into the room and be like, well, that's wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like walk into the room any birthday morning. He'll be like, I thought there were going to be blue streamers. Like yeah. it's this weird, like critical anger. Mm -hmm. um, but I laugh about it because I, I see my best friend and how she's just like so angry at the world. And I get it, you know, and it helps me understand. But like his. And like how it's processing a lot of emotion yeah. at, at once and it's coming out through that. Yes. It's why, for any family listening, it's why you've probably never received like a reaction video from us of like him opening a gift that yes. you've given. Because it could be his favorite thing he's ever received, but his immediate thing will just be like a straight up negative. Yes. <laughs> it's like a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it is one of those things that is like hard as a parent to like yeah. let happen yeah. in so many ways. And so the whole thing about like your rising sign is like, it's how the world perceives you. It, it's supposed to be like as kids, you're much more like your rising sign. And then like your moon sign is how you see yourself. So hmm. me and Wu and Boo are all Capricorn moons. And I find that to also be really funny when like it's just the three of us hanging out because we all want to be in charge. Like each of us wants to be in charge obviously i want to be in charge because i'm the parent and obviously they want to be in charge because they're kids but like the way that it like manifests is so funny to me you know if like you really do think you know what's best right, right. now <laughs> and and like and, and also like responsibility where like kind of like the weight of the world situation so anyway we got their like little charts done josh um for i don't even remember what occasion. it was mother's day it was a mother's day mm -hmm. present well thank you so much you're welcome um but he got like a, an artist's interpretation of it and we have them um hanging up in their wall uh, on their wall in their in their room i'll post a picture of it um but it's this really cool chart that has a lot of information on it that i don't know that i don't understand yeah, correct <laughs> but look cool but it's, it's like cool yeah it's a cool like um colorful thing and it's just fun and i totally get I totally get joyce's interest in it there's just so much out there now at, at your fingertips if you're curious about astrology i never would have thought i'd be into it like this mm -hmm. but I would say that the CoStar app and the Pattern app are really 
pretty cool. Pretty cool. It seems to me like it would only be fun in like a Dungeons and Dragons-y way, where I think if you had a group and you got into it together, that would be... Because mm. I, I have no interest in reading an astrology book mm-hmm. or going to get like, a I don't know, is getting a reading done a thing for astrological stuff or whatever? Or you just pay somebody and they are like, here's your well, stuff. You, you can get your star chart read. Like you can... Your birth chart, right? Like okay. you can get, you can send your information to an expert and right. they can kind of like give you a reading based on like something that's happening in your life or. Sure. It's like, you know. They, yeah, they, that they doesn't do- interest me either. Yeah. Like that to me is more like, I, I think that it would be fun though if it was just like, yeah, we're a group. We're kind of learning the rules of this game together. Mm-hmm. And then with the real life input of ourselves and then like you get to talk to each other about it. If it's a group of friends, you can actually then it's like, oh, that is so you. You can have more of that kind of stuff. But like actually mm-hmm. trying to learn how it like fits together would be, could be f- I think that to me would be like the most interesting. Yeah, that would be that would be a cool way because it is. It's just a little astrology club. Yeah, an astrology club. It would be. It's way too overwhelming. And anytime I've like gotten interested in kind of like the history of it, it's very complicated and makes me just kind of write it off as total bullshit. Right. There's a lot of. It's too much. There's too much silly jargon. For it to be taken seriously by lay people, you know? So I do think you need a dungeon master. Yeah. Like you need someone who's going to normalize it for you and who's going to be like, okay, like I'm going to kind of hold everyone's hands through this and then like let you explore. Mm -hmm. Like that would be, that's, I think the only way, at least I'm saying is like, as far as like learning more about it, because I do think there's a point at which it's hard not to glaze over and just want the newspaper one kind of at the end of it or you want the co-star version which Mm -hmm. is just like okay yeah here's cool like here's a sentence about it that seems good like thank you that's all i wanted to know like thank you for checking in this is how i should like interact with this co-worker today right that's who my co-star friends are yes and it's it is it that's a co-star is like just that it's like so today in my in my daily updates it just says today through friday and it's always like it's always a question. Are you ready to come to terms with your contradictions? Huh. Okay. Hmm. What does that mean? All right. Everything is going well. So you run as far away from all of it as possible. Why do you have to make things difficult for yourself? Don't sabotage your own progress by running away from your problems. Pleasure does not have to be expensive. And then it has like this little list. Do. High camp. New rules. Something borrowed. Don't. Repetition. Nostalgia. Video games. And it's like those do and don't things are usually so random and kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know, but what I just read does not have to be any kind of targeted thing. Those are just like kind of interesting meditations to think on. Actually, I should say it doesn't start with a question. It starts with a, a sentence and then a question. So the sentence is you're worthy of being understood. Like that's that's a meditation, you know, so it's yeah. like anyway, you don't have to... um you don't have to know shit about houses or planets. It's just kind of a fun, very well-designed app. Very aesthetically pleasing, as I said. And it's kind of a crazy community because when you when you go on, it'll say, like, find friends. And you'll see how how many other of your friends are total they're crackpots. All there. They're all there. Yep, they're all there. Everybody's getting into it. So, um, 
first definitely first time I've seen astrology in the for the podcast, but just in general, it's just not a thing, especially like in the eighties. So that was cool. Yeah, I wonder where it fit in then. Because I'm sure it had a boom in like 60s, 70s boom. Oh, yeah. So for like a lone teenager to be or whatever. Yeah, she's like young adult, like a TA or something at the mm-hmm. um I really have no idea how old she's supposed to be in this. Well, that just about brings us to It's Mummy and Daddy's Totally Awesome. Where are they now? Well, this was a fun one. A real fun one. So let's start with Timmy. Casey Martell. He went on right after this to be an E.T. What? Yes, he was an E.T. And right before this, he was in Amityville Horror. He's the little, he's one of the little boys. What? Yes. So he did look familiar to me, um, but I couldn't say that it was, oh, he was an E.T., but he... From Amityville, maybe. yes. I mean, that, yeah, he's their son. Yes, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So he was from that, and he pretty much stopped acting after being Eddie on Growing Pains. Huh. I don't remember who Eddie is. Of but course, you great. don't. You don't remember anything about that show except the awesome theme song. That's correct. And the neighbor named Boner. Right. So the other thing that he was in was an ABC after school special. Did you love those when you were a kid? No, did not like them at all. Well, this is a little problematic. He played Brad in a little episode called The Kid Who Wouldn't Quit the Brad Silverman Story. And unfortunately, that is about a little boy, a true story about a teen with Down syndrome who begins attending college classes. So, did he play Brad Silverman? Yeah, when he, he was a little younger. Yeah, he played Brad ages thirteen through eighteen. He so, he played someone with Down syndrome. Ooh. Okay. I mean, style of the times that happened all the time back in the eighties. Hmm. Unfortunately, um. So that is is uh is Timmy's past and future. Um. He pretty much. Yeah, he stopped acting in 1992. Fun fact, trivia on the Internet Movie Database is that he is the president of a wealth management firm. So good for you, Casey Martell. I hope that you have weathered all of the storms in wealth management these days. Um, <laughs> Please help us. Uh, yeah. Give us a ring. We that we got to call him. We got to call him. Got to call him. And then, did you recognize Curtis while you were watching it? Were you like, I know yeah, that guy. Absolutely. Right. Yes. He just is like this 80s face. Uh-huh. Well, you rightly recognized him because he was in so many things. I feel like I'm about to place it in my head, like what I'm remembering him from, but I can't do it mm. still. Well, he was in an ABC after school special, but he was also in a CBS... After school special. No, no. Oh, he was in ABC Weekend special, but he was also in a. Oh those my gosh. I loved. Oh my gosh. Where is it? Oh, CBS School Break special called. Oh, those I love too. Yeah. Just not the after schools. No, no. Who wants to watch no, a, no, no. A, a, warning, to a warning show after school? Who no. wants to have that scary? Give me the weekend. Keep yeah. me on my toes. 
Um, the girl with the crazy brother, directed by Diane Keaton. Very okay. strange. Very strange. Okay. Anyway, he was in Silver Spoons, Golden Girls, The A Team. Um, okay, that'd be it. Yep. <laughs> I probably saw that episode. Yep. That's a guarantee. But re- what else? There's got. There's something else. There's something oh, he yeah. was on mm-hmm. that like. Mm-hmm. Well, what was, was his signature? Well, he was in Cujo. I wouldn't be that. Which was before this, but. The thing that I actually think that I recognize him from was this movie that I weirdly like loved and watched all the time called Just One of the Guys. That's funny. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? I do remember that movie. Yeah. I think that's what I recognize him as. Hmm. But I mean, he was in Highway to Heaven. He was in Tales from the Dark Side. He was he was like in everything. Wow. Okay. All right. Maybe so, it was just that. And he's what because he's got a very fifties kind of Leave It to Beaver look to yes. him in this, and I imagine that's probably how he was styled in most things he was in. Yeah. I mean, Twenty One Drum Street, um, the Parker Lewis can't lose. Oh shit! I did watch that all the time. I love that. Yeah, show. he was Mikey. I didn't oh, know okay. Oh. So yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he's. He's his friend Mikey. Absolutely. There you That's go. That's it. Okay. Well. Got it. Parker Lewis can't lose. Bingo, he, bingo. He most recently was on United States of Terra one episode, but don't think he's acting much now. Who knows what he's actually doing? Where were they then is more appropriate for Billy Jane. But he's he's like kind of attractive, honestly. I, I don't know why he's not acting acting more. He's got a he could be a TV guy. You know, he's just very just solidly, like you're just a dude, whatever. Maybe he's a terrible actor, but he's Billy probably... Jane and Billy Zane. And <laughs> Thomas Jane. Two Billies for one, two for one Billies. Um, Debbie in nothing else. No reaction nothing. from Josh. Oh, not at all. There you go. You, you were you were stunned. Stunned. She, she was in nothing else. Andy. Could have seen that coming. He's yeah. pretty, he's kind of dead weight in the trio, really. <laughs> he's just kind of like. If they had to give one up, they needed some cannon fodder in this movie. It would have been Andy. I was hoping he would do something really messed up, but he never did. Mm. So yeah, that was just a fun little 80s trip down memory lane mm. with those little, those those kiddos. So we got to rate. to join you for that. We got to rate this movie. Uh, Sure. Let's do it. Do you want to, why don't you start it off? I will start it off. Okay. Josh, mm-hmm. how many out of 10, mm. that's how old they are, how many out of 10 pint size members only jackets? Ooh. Do you I give forget this the movie? name of that type of jacket. It's a great jacket. It's not like a members only jacket. It's not jacket? a members only jacket. Oh, it, it looks is like it. I'll figure it out. The kids in this movie had such great style. And, that is saying something for the time because I feel like there weren't a lot of places to get clothes. Like you just had to go to Sears or J.C. Penney's or whatever was by you, Strawbridge's and Clothier, mm-hmm. at Macy's maybe if you're fancy. Oh wow! I do. Do you think they did? They had Macy's in that town? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't under. And even if you did, this style was it pretty was. It, remarkable. It looks, it looks great. Like Timmy. They all had great style. Beverly, Beverly. It's called a Harrington jacket. Well, is the type of jacket it is. How many out of ten Harrington jackets do you give? Nineteen eighty one. Ed Hunt, Barry mm. Pearson, bloody birthday. I give it seven out of ten Harrington jackets. Seven out of ten. 
the death scenes, the gratuitous nudity, the locals only Glendale landmarks. <laughs> no, there were none. <laughs> Specifically trying not to be here, but I caught it. Um, yeah, it was really, it was fun. I love the stuff in the junkyard. It's inherently dangerous. The kids are cool. We'll get to that, I guess. And um, yeah, it was it was just a it was a fun ride, but it's just not great. It's it's not it's not excellent. It's not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm here for you if you want to give it ten out of ten. <laughs> no, I can't give it ten out of ten. Seven out of ten feels too low. I'm I'm gonna go for eight out of ten because it surprised me. And I, I, I had fun. There were so many fun elements of it. I wish that it could be remade. I have tons of ideas, but I think I would still set it in that time because it just isn't the way kids, you know, they're just, nobody's playing in a junkyard. You know, I, I don't care. Who we got to go play more junkyards. Absolutely not. It seems you have no, learned nothing from Bloody Birthday or your 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 research into refrigerator safety and also now they're probably more just like bales of plastic bags more than it is like cool like rebar and fun old appliances you're right climate anxiety (sighs) bringing it back spiking it ah well with that i mean how many How many Ted Nugent posters do you give <laughs> the kids of Bloody Birthday? How to? Oh, out of five. Oh, I won the one. You did a 10 scale out of 10 Ted Nugent posters. I'm going to give them. Shit. I'm going to. Give them, I'm going to give them seven out of 10 because they were really good the, as psychopaths, those little psychopaths. Debbie and Curtis, especially Andy, you, you sucked. Um, Fuck out, you're bringing down the whole average man. Yeah, he, yeah, he kind of did. Timmy was great. They were just like the acting wasn't like the best, but it didn't have to be. Like they just were, they just were kids and like you, they, they, yeah, they nailed it. I don't know what else I wanted from that, from those kids, you know? Uh-huh. I didn't want them to be like, yeah, yeah, let's get them. You know, like they were just kind of like. Right. Or more like devilish or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't want, I didn't want them to be playing more evil. It really was just like, and Debbie was great. Debbie's excellent. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about you? Yeah, I would also give them seven out of 10. Seven out of ten ain't bad. That's solid. Seventy percent. C minus. Go get it. If that's your pitchfork review, you're gonna share it, you know? Yeah. So enjoy I, yourselves, kids. Yes. Bloody birthday. Maybe I'll remake this movie one day. Yeah. Um it would be a joy. What that, a choice that would be. What a choice, Brody. I think is her name. Well, the one birthday wish I have is for all of you to not be creeps get in touch email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com we are on twitter and facebook mummyxdeddy instagram mummyxdeddypod please visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com if you like what you hear 
please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is icing on the cake. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm 43. That's how I want my love.